Good morning, everybody. Um, it's you know nice that we have a whole day for practice together, and uh, you know great you could you know make that free time to to come here and uh, you know let go of lots of concerns just for these few hours. It's a very precious time, and there's lots of people who who actually can't do that. So to really try to use it well and not not fritter it away and uh, and in order to support that we we'd like to ask you all you know to keep noble silence which means you know we're only speaking if if it's really necessary for the smooth running of the day and we start by introducing ourselves my name is Aya Santa Chita and I'm from Austria and uh, I uh, became a nun in 1993 and came here to America 2009 and uh, together with Ayananda Bodhi we started a local Vihara forest monastery in the Sierra foothills and you know, I started practicing originally in Thailand in the forest tradition of Thailand and then came to the UK and trained in a forest tradition monastery there and now we are trying you know, to make our own little uh, forest tradition monastery in the you know, mindset of the West and without too much interference of uh, male monastics. So that's again a different um, chapter in our lives. And we're very happy that you are interested in what we have to share. Yeah. And is this working? Yeah. My name is uh, Ananda Bodhi, uh, originally from Wales, and shortly to go back there for a little visit, which is very nice. Um, and uh, the Dharma has been uh, pretty central in my life since my teens, even though I didn't always know how to use it. Uh, it's been a lifesaver. So... It's lovely to be able to come here and, and share the Dharma with those who are interested. And, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, I can't imagine what my life would have been like without the Buddha's teaching. So it's, it's been a really a core guide and, uh, and uh, keeping me on the right track. So very, very grateful to be able to practice and to be able to share the teachings. And uh, I... I, I uh, entered the monastery when I was 24 in 1992, and I'm now nearly 50. <laughs> so I really very, feel very grateful for the opportunity and very happy that there's a place like this where the Dharma can be shared and practiced. And I, I, my wish is that each person here takes... Um, you know, that, that, something, that, that there's something from this day really enters your heart and that you can take it deeply and you can take it into your own lives and keep uh, deepening the practice and keep using the practice as a, a means of transformation. So it's, it's a lovely thing to spend a day in, in meditation, but uh, it's much more than a lovely thing. You can, you can take much more from it than that. So my wish is that you really, each of you get something very valuable that you can take back with you and... Uh, that will run through your lives.
I'd like to give a little reflection on the theme of today as uh, as a way of encouragement and and uh, giving a little bit of guidance. And the theme of the day is enter the heart of practice. And uh, you know, speaking about cultivating wisdom and compassion by. You know, adding mindfulness to our experience and through that adding of mindfulness we have a more skillful response to life rather than you know habitually reacting always in the same ways and that's that's you know the template of the practice it can be expressed in so many different ways but that's one way you know how we can describe it you know, stepping out of reaction and making space and then responding from that space and, and reacting, you know, I can speak about that because I know it from my own experience because I'm also it's still happening, I'm not enlightened, you know, so, but I, yeah, I'm doing this practice now quite a long time and what I do see very clearly is, you know, that if I react in this way, then there's always suffering you know, following in some way or another. Either, you know, it's the suffering of regret or feeling, you know, not good about oneself or it's, you know, the reaction which I get from others and the whole mix of that, you know. I'm sure you, you know what I'm speaking about. So this, you know, reacting versus responding, that's a very rich area for, you know, measuring or kind of maybe measuring is not the right word but for starting to understand you know what what we are trying to cultivate in the practice and uh, you know once we really see the connection between the reaction and the suffering which follows then we get a stronger motivation you know to really take on the strong sensations, you know, which are sometimes, you know, coursing through the nervous system of the body and then, you know, kind of we are reacting because we just can't stand that unpleasant feeling. And then somehow unconsciously we think, you know, if we let it out by saying something or doing something which relieves us of that powerful energy, that then we'd be happy again, you know, be relaxed again. But because then the regret comes and, the, you know, what we get back as feedback from the world, it's not going to be like that. It might just be compounded, you know. And then by kind of doing it again and again, you know, it's just like getting intensified. And the feedback gets intensified and it gets a, you know, what you all know, it's the unenlightened uh, life, you know, which we which we all currently are leading. But because there is a teaching and, and a clear way out, you know, it's it's where we need to start from. That you know, we need to start from that wish, you know, to have a bit more space in our life and to step into a greater freedom which means, you know, not getting carried away by the deep ingrained past experience, you know, which is kind of dominating our system in areas, you know, where we have maybe had a traumatic experience which we don't remember, 
but the nervous system remembers it. And, you know, that is, it sounds pretty kind of clear what I'm saying here, but I know it's, it's not easy to do. You know, even if you know it very clearly when you're not triggered, but when you're triggered, it's just all out the window. But, you know, there is a way, you know, to kind of be aware of that process. And then, you know, by really opening ourselves more and more to that, you know, to that natural law, really, which is operating, then it starts to become more clear, you know, we go more into the depths and then we have increasing capacity, you know, to, to actually stay aware, to stay awake when, when those things are happening. And then there's a little bit more, you know, spiritual muscle there, we, we could say, you know, a capacity for mindfulness to, to learn from those difficult experience rather than to turn away into reacting or you know turning away into just eating something drinking something shopping something you know all of these things you know from your own experience and it's certainly you know better you know to use some of those um, you know ways to soothe ourselves Strategically, I think that's that's not not a not a wrong thing, but to just know what you're doing, you know, rather than saying something really uh, not so nice, you know, which you later regret. It's better to have a cup of tea, for example, but not necessarily to have like ten bottles of whiskey, you know. So to just you know to know what you know what is kind of leading to to greater freedom and what is just leading to kind of becoming more ensnared, you know, how, how it's sometimes spoken about in the scriptures, ensnared in this wheel, you know, of the habitual ways of meeting experience and then just kind of, you know, feeling that we, we, have, we have no agency. That's how, how it can feel, you know. But this is not the way things are because we do have agency. And, you know, it always starts with, you know, if such a, you know, reaction builds up, I'm sure you can, you know, or know it from your own experience, it often is like a very unpleasant feeling in the, in the nervous system, in the body, you know, like a contraction. It's unpleasant for sure. And to just familiarize ourselves with that, you know, to have more resilience to have more capacity to just be with that feeling i mean that's so that's totally invaluable this is how it all starts you know if you want to unravel these patterns of reaction this is where we need to start and this is why meditation is such a important tool you know for creating more freedom in our lives because in the meditation we learn to just be with our experience for example, you know, it mightn't be very unpleasant right now, but it, it might be boring, you know, for example, and to be able to tolerate that makes makes the mind strong, you know, to be able to stay with something very ordinary where there is not much stimuli, to be able to not kind of 
drift off into thinking or not drift off into you know going to sleep or being half conscious if we can stay with that makes the mind really strong and uh, you know then the mind has more capacity to just be with be with the experience without putting a story on top of it, you know, and, and we all have like certain stories which we repeat, you know, because maybe that's like a certain, you know, perceptions which we have developed at a very early age. And then, you know, now, for example, we'd be 50, 60 years old and under certain circumstances, you know, when that trauma button is pressed, the, we, we start to feel like a little child, you know, and and then we interpret, you know, what's happening to us accordingly. And then, you know, we get a response accordingly if we repeat that for enough times. And then, you know, the belief in this becomes stronger and it just becomes like a vicious cycle, you know. And, and the only one, you know, who can free you from the cycle, it's, it's ourselves, you know. By, by really turning towards it rather than turning, you know, outside and if everything would be different, you wouldn't, you know, have this feeling and then you wouldn't have to do these things and so on and so forth. And uh, so this is the way out is really the way through it. And, you know, the way through means, you know, to open ourselves to this experience fully. And this is you know, when it's really intense, it's very, very difficult. And it's really good, you know, that we're doing that together as a group because everybody has to do it for themselves. But at the same time, we know, you know, we are all together. We are in the same boat. We all have, you know, maybe slightly different versions, but in terms of template, in terms of experience, you know, this kind of, you know, everything is just like against me or so, something like that, you know, and the world becomes really very small. That's, you know, we have to learn to take an interest in that. Because it's, it, you know, it was created because of causes and conditions and it can be deconditioned if we put different causes and conditions into place. And you know, meditation practice is, is a set of, of causes and conditions which help us to dissolve these strong patterns. And, and, and the, you know, the first step is to, to open ourselves to the experience without immediately, you know, having to pin it down in some way or another. You know, find a ground to stand on and know that, you know, you're this or you're that and the other person is this and that and that's what it means and that's the story. That's what we usually do. We have this very strong urge, you know, to be sure what it is, what we're experiencing. And then, of course, then we just automatically, you know, uh, fall into the past thoughts which we usually have about that experience. If we want to start to unravel it, we have to just abstain from that, you know, and that's what's called mindfulness. To just be with the pure experience, you know, the sensations, the nervous system, the body, the racing, you know, of the energy, maybe, you know, some way in the body there's a, a spe especially charged, maybe 
here, you know, heart area, or, you know, maybe like feeling like, you know, feeling to want to punch or whatever, you know, some very strong bodily reaction. And it's, you know, if we don't train ourselves with, with voluntarily, you know, we, we usually don't attend to it. We just kind of go into the head and, and think about it or eat, drink or do something else, you know, to, to distract ourselves. So, you know, to have that ability to just open to it and just say, I don't know what this is all about. And to just let let it just do its thing, you know, and that and be with it and know that you can learn from it, you know, on a, in a non-verbal way. You don't have to analyze it, you know, with the thinking mind. You can just trust, you know, that if you really allow yourself to be with it, the knowing, you know, will emerge. And, some, and sometimes there's just nothing else than realizing, you know, that you, you can be with this. It doesn't kill you. you. You don't have to throw it out, you know. You don't have to put on the lid. You don't have to uh, go to sleep, you know. You, you, can, you can be with it. And then, you know, after often a very short while, you know, the intensity just dissipates. And nothing bad has happened, you know, other than you have been, you know, for a few minutes with unpleasant feeling which is neither good nor bad, it's just unpleasant. And we seem to have, you know, such an automatic response in the mind. If there's an unpleasant feeling, we kind of think it's, at least I, I can see that in my own mind, I always make the connection between unpleasant feeling and I'm, I'm bad somehow, you know. This is why I have that unpleasant feeling. And don't know if that has something to do with my Christian conditioning or something, you know. But I can see that's what is there, you know, which motivates me to try to kind of fix it, you know, and not have it and stop it and end it and know, you know, who did it to me and all of that so that I don't have that, uh, you know, that feeling of, uh, you know, a certain negativity and a feeling of sadness and, and a kind of deflation. in reality, you know, that if we can open ourselves to, to that energy, then it might be really kind of hard to bear, you know, like a fire burning through. But if we can be with it, you know, then the energy is going to be available. There is a afterwards, you know, once it's it has gone its natural course and we don't have to do anything about it. It's just normal, you know, a feeling arises, persists for some time and then ceases again. Once we have been able, you know, to mindfully go through these kind of circles a few times, then the confidence, you know, in our own practice gets stronger. This is the only way, you know, how we can really cultivate confidence and then by experience, you know, not by reading a book or having me tell you or anything, but just by really experiencing it in your own body and mind, you know, in that system, which you call, you know, yourself. And then, you know, your faith or your confidence in your own capacity, it's going to get stronger and then you can take on more, you know. 
So then this capacity you know, to bear witness to your experience gets stronger. And through that, you know, the insights get deeper. And when the insights get deeper, you know, the degree of freedom from this uh, ignorance really is, is also getting more, of course. You know? And then the experience of freedom is stronger. Then that, you know, brings joy and that brings us uh, a motivation to, you know, to put more on the line, you know, which means to just, you know, tolerate more unpleasant feeling. That's, it all comes down to that, you know. This is how the practice kind of unravels, by getting stronger and having more resilience, you know, and being more able to pay, bear witness, you know. I like that word, the English word to bear witness, because I always think about like a bear, you know, it's really kind of a big, <laughs> big being, you know, which has a lot of strength and you know, it's not easily kind of overpowered. I don't know why in English it's like that. In German we don't have that. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe you can think of a bear, you know, when next time when you feel kind of carried away, just think about a bear, you know, how I, what a powerful being that is. I try to, if I can remember it. <laughs> so, you know, starting with... Uh, abstaining, you know, from interpreting the experience and, and you know, often we, it brings up fear and then we think in the future everything will be this and will be that and then, you know, we get really, we, we, we start to manipulate the experience and then often, you know, what we fear the most, we, we create actually by, by bracing ourselves against it. And this is a very interesting paradox, you know, in, in a human life. And I have no, I have seen it now uh, often enough how that how that works, you know, and uh, it's really something, you know, for all of us to to really take the time to reflect on that, you know, when you have lived like for a few years, you know, and you, when we when we get like into our middle age, at least, you know, we can really start to see that. And you know, and 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 the the kind of direction where we are going is to, you know, to stay open with our experience, to bear what's happening, you know, in the body and in the mind, and then from that openness, you know, let let the action come forth, you know, rather than kind of repeating the same things over and over again. And sometimes, you know, an action is to not do anything, to just keep on bearing witness and being with the experience. And sometimes it's, it's a, something, you know, we need to do. Sometimes it can be a really kind of strong, a powerful uh, action, and sometimes a very little thing. So it depends, you know. But if we can be with the, with the process, and we, if we can trust in that process, then it does. It is really always the most appropriate response is coming forth somehow in a, in a very mysterious way, because you know we are all uh, part of this universe, and this is a very you know 
huge intelligence which is operating here. And if we can stay open to that, we can participate in it, you know. And if we are, if we shut down, you know, and let our ego rule, then the actions will be accordingly, you know, they'll be small and they will be all, always in relationship to me, you know. But if we can stay open, it's, it's going to be much more appropriate in relationship to a much bigger picture. And then what comes back to us, you know, as a feedback in our lives will be also, it will, our life, you know, will become bigger, will expand, you know. And, you know, it's easier said than done. But in terms of, you know, Of the of you know what we need to understand in terms of the steps, it's it's not it's not really not rocket science at all. It's it's actually it's very simple. But to remember it when we are challenged, that's what is difficult, and how we can, you know, strengthen ourselves in order to have more agency. Is, is through the meditation practice. And, you know, a day long like this or, or a retreat even, you know, is is very, very good opportunity to have a little bit more, you know, quiet and space for yourself so you can see, you know, that there is, we, we, we really have a choice, you know. There is these moments of choice. But if we are, if the mindfulness is weak, then we, we can't see them, you know. It, it goes all too fast. And, you know, then we, when we wake up to it, we are already kind of, hello, Isa. Isabelita has come, our, t- our Qigong teacher. Thank you for coming. You know, then we are often down the hill already, and then we have to backtrack, and, you know, and then it, it, it seems to be, you know, it looks like something has come from outside, you know, like, and in, in, in some traditional cultures, you know, People speak of you know, being being possessed by a spirit, you know, because if we are if we are not very mindful, it can feel like it comes from outside, you know. But the more you know, we we are able to to really look, we can see there is nothing coming from outside, you know. It's all inside. And then you know, some Buddhist schools like the Vajrayana, the Tibetan Buddhism, you know, they have lots of depictions, tankas and so on, where those forces, you know, are, are depicted as, as like very kind of powerful uh, beings, you know, with lots of flames and huge eyes and, you know, looking really scary. Because that's how it feels, you know, that there is something in there, you know, something very big and almost you explode because it's so big. But then if you can stay with it long enough, it's going to transform again. And, you know, it's like a forces of nature, like a hurricane or an earthquake or a waterfall or whatever, you know, all of those powerful forces of nature which are sometimes unnecessary in order to, to kind of, um, you know, to balance out some tensions. 
And you know, if we only relate it to what I want, then it feels like all like I really shouldn't be like this. But if we see it in a bigger context, then you know there is no other way. You know, we always again and again, you know, the system needs to deal, you know, with the information which comes through those experiences. And we can, you know, there's only two things. We can either just like try to escape that information or we can really kind of pay attention to it and learn from it. And through that, you know, it's the whole intensity is going to kind of, is going to become less, you know, over time because of, of familiarizing ourselves with it. You know, it's the same when you go on a mountaintop with your skis in the winter and the first time you think, I don't know, how can I ever get down there, you know. And then after a few years, it's just like, no problem, you know. You want to have a higher mountain because you want a bit of feeling of a challenge. And that's how it is with the practice as well, you know. So, you know, and it always starts with, uh, you know, being willing to be with the experience without needing to know what it is. You know, and needing to pin it down and very often, you know, find something outside of ourselves which is responsible for what we are experiencing. And, you know, I, 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 I say that because I know it, because of what I'm doing as well, you know. Because, you know, the depths of, of the conditioning is, is big, you know. And it's, it's a long, long practice. And we have to really take the long view for that, you know. If you believe in past lives, I'd say, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a long haul but at the same time, you know, you, you know, you don't have to finish it all today. So you, you do have time, you know. <laughs> so we do have time, but every moment counts. This kind of a paradox again, you know. Hurry slowly. One of my teachers, and I always said that, hurry slowly. And I think that's a very good um, way of, of uh, looking at it, you know. Yeah. So, you know, really being open and allowing what's happening, allow it to happen, bearing witness to it, you know, like being strong enough not to interfere. And then acting from the action, you know, which organically emerges, you know, which is always appropriate. And sometimes he's not doing anything. And sometimes it's doing a really big thing. And most of the time it's something in between, you know. And then you, 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 know, you hear yourself saying something you didn't even know that you know that, you know. Or, or saying something which is so spot on, you know. And, and that's really, and then really that's a really beautiful um, moment, you know. And to if you've had those moments in your life, to, to reflect back on it, because that, you know, that can help us to, to gain that faith, you know, that we all have that capacity. We all have the same capacity as the Buddha. We just, you know, we just haven't fully unveiled it yet. 
but we are on the path, you know, and if we don't stop or turn back, which we can't do anyway, then we're gonna one day, you know, one day our full capacity will be activated. And it's already in there. It just needs to be recognized, you know, through the meditation. It's like a self-empowerment, you could say, you know. Really kind of your natural birthright to just claim it, you know. And, you know, there's no experience whatsoever, you know, which can't be used as a food for that practice. And that's really wonderful, you know. So everything, your daily life, your work, your family, anything can be used, you know. Illness, and great success, everything can be used, you know, as a food for practice. And because, you know, we can it, it is not easy this is why we need day longs and retreats like this so we have a, a protected environment so we can you know see a little bit more clearly the choices we can make and then you know carry it into everything what we are doing or what we are involved in in life that's really the main reason you know to have a, a life of more kind of freedom and, and wisdom and compassion, which, you know, is not only benefiting ourselves, but anybody who comes in contact with us. Just being more, you know, experiencing ourselves more as, as part of this universe, you know, and then making choices accordingly, you know, because we don't feel we have to kind of fight our way through this. But we can just, uh, you know, take part in this huge adventure. I think that's what I'd like to share with you today. And uh, we were thinking maybe we do a little um, standing meditation now and then continue with sitting. So, you know, if you don't want to stand, that's fine. But if you'd like to please stand up. And maybe I stand here. And just, you know, have your feet apart a little bit. And your knees, uh, you know, not locking the knees. And, you know, first maybe paying some attention to your shoulders. If they're a little bit tense, just you could pull them up towards your ears and just drop. Let them drop into their natural space. Maybe put them a little bit backwards. Open the chest area. The chest area is the most, like, kind of feels like very sensitive part where we quite often, you know, unconsciously defend by just doing that with our shoulders and just no just opening it and then feeling maybe like a feeling of hesitation there in the heart area you know just okay that's okay it's nothing is going to happen and then maybe paying attention to your jaw we tend to hold tension there too 
just knowing how it feels. And then just the whole body standing. You know, and just feeling that the nervous system, you know, which runs through the whole body. From the top of the head down to the foot soles. This is this aliveness. You know, which is always like in, you know, in connection with the whole, you know, with the whole universe in so many different ways, you know. Eating, breathing, going to the bathroom are just three examples, you know, for that. You know, and having this body as a as a basis, you know, for practice, in a mammal body, which can walk upright on two legs, and very small feet, and very, you know, kind of dexterous hands. We can do so many things with our hands. You know, just really kind of taking in that system, you know, of body which we share with so many other species. And somehow, you know, currently it's considered the most complex mammal body. There's the body standing and, you know, breathing in and breathing out. And then there's the space around it. And the silence. And they don't end at the walls of this room. They go on limitless through the whole universe. And you know, when we're in such a peaceful, controlled environment, we, c- we can stay open. But then, you know, if something happens and we are really triggered, then we kind of contract onto the point of a needle or something. You know, and everything is outside of ourselves. And we feel like we have to do something about it.
And then, you know, when the attention is against gone, you know, then we can connect with everything. You know, what we want to learn is that in the moment, you know, when this contraction is triggered, do not forget this, you know, what we're experiencing now. Do not forget that. And the word, you know, the Pali word for mindfulness is sati, which means to remember. And when you're ready, you can just, you know, sit down or keep standing. And we have another session of sitting. It's going to be like about 30 minutes now. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.